You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. You're listening to The Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. We have like, I feel like we don't, we've never had a podcast like this and I'm really excited about it because it's, I feel like it's purely going to be entertainment. Like we like to entertain. We have Allie Weiss here. How are you? Very well. Thank you. I'll do my best to live up to that expectation. No Even pressure. if it's not entertaining. So I gotta, I have a full, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I got to admit to this. Oh my God. Ryan was like, we, so we got your pitch like in our, in our, well, um, I think I'm admitting to this. I know, but you were, you said, what are the words? So I was yeah. like, I will tell you the words, but like when you got our, we got the email pitch from, um, our like podcast nation, Ryan was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I'm telling this. Go story. ahead. I'm going to stop. You Calm are down. sabotaging. I was like, me. I was going to let you take the, f- the f- like fiddle go. This is the laughing couple where we fight uh, in on an <laughs> ongoing my basis. mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This tell, is real life, ladies tell, and gentlemen. This is what it looks like to be happy. Tell your married. weird story. Go ahead. So, okay. So we get this pitch from your team. Awesome pitch, by the way. And I've never had a pitch that was presented to us in this fashion. Specifically. So good. The writing was so good. But then I, there's this word that there's this like sentence that caught my attention, which was masturbating to crystals. Oh. <laughs> With yeah, and I'm with crystals. I said, right. I'm like, I don't know. I don't need to read any further. Correct. I'm like, I need to know what this even means. Yes. He was like, book, book her in. Book her in. We're in. Let's go. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what we're gonna discover, but I'm sure I'm gonna find out a lot about crystals. Oh my god, my mother is gonna be so proud when she listens to this. All of my accomplishments as a host, (laughs) and really, what sells me is the fact that I'm masturbated with the crystal. That's that's what my parents want to hear. I promise you, we will give you the platform to like. We'll your- edify the crap out of you, but we got to hear what this yeah, is. Yeah, we do. Oh, okay. But before she gets into that, Ali, can you just give us like a rundown about like who you are, what you do, and then we'll we'll go into the masturbating crystals because Ryan's yeah. going to have a heart attack. Thanks. <laughs> I just can't, I can't leave, I can't leave this microphone without yes, knowing. Correct. It's my pleasure. I put it on there hoping that someone would Literally. want to, to make it all worth it. <laughs> so my name is Ali Weiss. I'm a native New Yorker. I'm an actress, a writer, an on-air host. 
I have a podcast called Tales of Taboo, where I explore subject matter that is considered uh, socially unacceptable or outside the bounds of what is traditional or quote unquote normal. Um, I do this by collecting anonymous confessions from my audience. So I will put out a casting call um, about, you know, something I see on TV or I read about in a book and it's always very far out. And I ask for people who have first person experiences to let me know what it was actually like living through that. Um, and they submit either through audio notes or written submissions that I read for them. I feel like That's your amazing. podcast every week, it would just be like, you never know what you're going to get. Like, it's just so, yeah. I love that. Like the uncertainty of it just been like, let's just roll with it. We've every through- time. Oh, sorry. Go. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, every time I put out a casting call, I'm like, this is the week where I get nothing. This is the week where people are like, you've pushed it too far. I remember I did an episode about drug dealers and I was like, who who is going to out themselves to me? You know what I mean? And all these submissions came in and it was amazing because it was like parents who were drug dealers, ethical drug dealers, drug dealers who lived in trap houses, like the full spectrum. And I was just like, I don't know what it says that current or former drug dealers trust me, but I, th- I think I'm doing something right. So, so far I've never put out a casting call that I have not been able to fulfill. So I have a very specific question to ask you about this platform, but before sure. we ask that question, yes. let's dive into the little game of the icebreaker that we do, which is the, I love you and the annoying side of things. So you do have a partner right now. I do. You're enjoying life with that partner. I am. What part about your life do you not enjoy with that no, partner? That's no, that's annoying. Where are they annoying? Right. So I I never thought that I would end up with um, a computer scientist or a coder, just anybody who's really into computers. I'm an analog gal, very IRL. Um, I still don't really know how to use Zoom after two years, hence why I'm in a studio right now having someone do that for me. Mm-hmm. But we met and just instantly fell in love. Um, my boyfriend codes for hours every day and is just in a universe that's parallel to mine, but not the same mm. one. And he's also so smart and very passionate about what he does. Um, and he tries to explain it to me and it's it's just gibberish, you know? I don't understand any of it, but yeah. he's so happy to have somebody to talk to about it right. who like is open-minded and curious and interested. And yeah. I want to be that person for him, especially as his girlfriend, you know? But um, talking about like coding and math theory doesn't really like put me in the mood yeah. to have yeah. sex. And sometimes we talk about that and the thing that he wants to do after is have sex. And I'm just right. like, honey, I, so I don't think so. So I adore him. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I want to be that support system for him, but you know, coding language, math language, just, I didn't do well in school. But it's not for me. In the sky. Have you seen that TikTok? I feel like that is your, like that is you. And while well, he's talking and you're like, yes. and you're like, that's how I'm picturing. Full blown dissociation. So <clears throat> I've just got a business decision. I just like a, a thing that just popped in my head. And I think it's a wonderful thing since he is a coder and, and you have to be very intelligent to be a coder. True. Yeah. But you also have to speak a language that nobody else understands. Yes. So when he's talking code to someone who doesn't understand code, you know what he, he should do is he should create a code that has like your sex drive in it. And as he ah. continues to talk, it, the code reads and it starts to the depreciate. <laughs> and he just needs to realize that there's a safe zone and then there's a non-safe yeah. zone. So if he Danger. just codes in the little program that says, you've talked too much code, my libido is gone. Yeah. Allie's panties are not coming off. You know, when this. you watch the grid and it goes um, green, yellow, red, like the yes. bar goes up and down right. when you're testing your vocal levels or something. I feel like he needs one of those for yes. code speak. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh my God. Like it's not, 
easy to take someone out. Well, actually, it is easy to take my wife out of the mood, actually. And I don't mean that sounded rude. That sounded terrible. <laughs> That sounded terrible. But here's the thing. If I know it's going to take my wife, I don't talk about the things that take my wife out of the mood. Just, and and she may be in the mood. She may not be in the mood. I just don't talk. But we're comfortable enough that we are like, I've literally said to Ryan, I said, listen, I've had like a long day and I, I, you've clearly had a day where you're, you want to talk. And I'm, I've literally been like, I don't want to talk about this shit right now. Like, yeah, see, we're still in the beginning stages of our relationship. (laughs) We've been together for like five months, I think, but it all happened very fast. We're so in love. We're so happy, but I don't know that I'm quite at the place yet where I can just be like, yo, like not today. You know what I mean? Like, I think if I did that, we'd end up getting into a fight about how I'm insensitive. So maybe when we hit the six month mark, Send them this podcast. Yeah. Send them like. I drop it and I just simply say like code is cool, but you know what's sexy? (laughs) Not talking about it before sex. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You are so sexy. You are super sexy. Coding, not so much. Not so much. Okay. I really do think we need to build that bar. Thank you for the idea. That's very smart. You're welcome. I love that. Okay. So. The sexometer. Let's talk about um, some of the things that you've done. We're talk about crystals. Oh my God. Are we honestly going to avoid? Go. Are we going to avoid? We're not going to avoid it. Okay, let's get it. Let's let's have Ali explain that to us so that Ryan can focus and his code can be, you know, <laughs> it can be here, not over here. I'm always okay, green. So, in terms of like what your audience is down for, like how literally how graphic anything. do you want me to get? You want me to go? We're, we're we, down. We literally we don't have a filter. Like our our podcast is usually very. I think um, it's actually raw. even. I think it's even described as unfiltered. It is, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I love that. That's why you guys are my parents. I've decided that go. you've adopted me, even though you Done. haven't consented. Mm-hmm. So, I was knee deep in the wellness world when I first joined Instagram. I kind of got my career start as a wellness blogger, but I wasn't interested in traditional wellness, like supplements, exercise, like you know, talking to a higher power. I just thought that was all very boring, and it clearly wasn't working because everyone I knew in the wellness world was demented. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I really want to go for the more alternative things. So along the way, aside from masturbating with a crystal, um, I actually wrote an article for Playboy where I put THC suppositories up my butt. Um, I tried smoking essential oils out of a vaporizer. Um, You know, I wrote about like sex pretty candidly. And as part of those explorations, I read about this company that made, um, I want to call them dildos, but they look nothing like a penis. Like they were literally just a polished rock. So it's hard to call them dildos, but that's what they were. They were sex toys made from crystal. And you were supposed to choose your crystal based on whatever your like spiritual internal needs were. I don't remember what mine was called, but it was green, like jade or jade adjacent, I guess. Um, And I saw it. I was just like, I have to use this. So (laughs) I ended up, I didn't masturbate on camera. Mom, if you're listening, I promise I didn't masturbate on camera. But I did make a sketch about like learning about the crystals and using the crystals for Instagram as part of a brand deal that I did with them. And, um, that was just insane how I like exploited myself on the internet, not thinking twice about it. But when I did actually use it, did I feel like it had transported me to like some higher place? Not really, but I cannot lie. It was the best sex toy I've ever used. There was something about how like you're supposed to sink it to your body temperature before you use it. And like, I think if you, you hold it to your chest or something like that, it's in my drawer still, but I haven't used it in a while. You like hold it to your chest. And then once it warms sufficiently to your body temperature, then you're supposed to use it. So even though it is this rock, it's really heavy and therefore 
really like pleasurable and it's sure. kind of thick too. Yeah, um, but it's the same temp as your body. So you don't feel like you're putting like something a silicone in there yeah, or something sure. artificial in there, which like has its time and place and could be very sexy, but there's just something really like earthy about mm. the experience of using this. And like the orgasms are really good. Hey, Ryan. Yes. You stink. Um, okay. I stink too, don't worry. Everyone actually stinks, and it's normal to have body odor, just in case you needed a reminder. Okay, thank you for that. But the best part is, you don't have to stink. <laughs> just try Lumi whole body deodorant. You're right. And Lumi's powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. And the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Stay fresh, everyone. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all-natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from, Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit goodvibeswithansjuice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with Good Vibes Juice. That's I don't so know funny. why. Where does, and it could be used as like... Is not, this is not sponsored, but where do we get these things? <laughs> Ryan literally... company was called um, Shock Rubs, you know, like Chakras, Shock yes. Rubs. And I think they're still in business. It was a couple of years ago that I worked with them, but I think they're still, they're still kicking. And like, no I lie, like, I would highly recommend. Well, for anyone can... listening to this podcast, dear Lord, hopefully they're still in business. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like they could be like du- dual purpose it. if they're like this beautiful rock. It's like an art piece. It <laughs> is. And you're supposed to display them. And I, I I'm think thinking that. Yeah. You got you this art like, installation like, in your house. It's just, that's this, just like, pleasure, a pleasurable art installation. It's just like a phallic exactly. piece of art that is. Right, you have beautiful. your candle, you have your crystals right. for like good energy in the room. And then you have your dildo. Like Amazing. that's how you really balance a room. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I love the idea of my wife being pleasured by he I just love the idea of my wife being pleasured. Like so if every... someone says to me that it was the greatest orgasm that they've ever experienced, yeah, I'm getting that. I am literally going to 
yeah. I'm going to tell you that I swear to God in the next probably three weeks, we'll get a delivery. I, every month, Ryan is like, whatever the delivery he'll like time send is. me, do you want this? I'm like, I don't need sex toys. I don't need them. Like I just, <laughs> I have a, I have a plethora. I'm, I'm good. I also have you. Mm. So if we could just put a cap on that, but now you've introduced him to this, like rock in your world. And I'm it just like lost. becomes a spiritual experience innately. Like I'm not a really big believer in crystals. Sorry if that pisses off anyone in your audience, but <laughs> I, you know, I think a lot of people see this as just like an opportunity to really like get in touch with yourself, you know, to flow. It wasn't about that for me. It was just, I had never felt anything like this before. It was just pure weight and it was the temperature of your body. And mm. it was just you were using a sex toy, but it didn't feel like that. It right. was something kind of otherworldly. So yeah, by all means, you guys should try it. And then you should report back to me. When you said that it's I could have- already in the works. You're offering <laughs> I'm not going to be like rude. I'm not going to I'm not gonna be rude to jump on my cell phone and hit order now, but I'm not going to lie. Like seven minutes after this interview is over, I am going to go online and order I always thought I was the worst influencer in the world and I was so bad on Instagram, but it turns out I'm actually a good influencer after all. All it it's takes is the greatest orgasm I've ever had in my life. Yes, there you go. Uh, you said I could have sex with The Rock, and I was literally waiting the rock. for Dwayne, <laughs> Dwayne to come over, and you're like, no, no, a rock. It's perfect. Okay. That's a good, that's, you should look into doing some Instagram influencing with it's these. Like that's I, a brilliant little strategy like for that. I do that on the side or something. Yeah. It's so a nice weird. Pitch. Okay. Um, let's talk about your podcast. So sure. you, you have so much, like such a wide range of topics. Do you have any favorites so far that you have left and you were like, oh my, excuse you. Sorry. This is also Ryan's work computer. It's so bad and professional. It's fine. Um, do you have any like specific episodes that stick out to you that you're like, you left at being like, holy shit, like I feel rejuvenated or I feel just like, I mean, for lack of a better word, touched you in a way that you were like, wow, because I'd love to hear about them. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's difficult to choose. Like they're all my babies, you know, everyone mm -hmm. who takes the time to contribute to my show becomes <clears throat> like such a part of me. And mm -hmm. like I was saying earlier with the drug dealers, just the fact that people trust me enough as a stranger that they have a parasocial relationship with to dump their guts to, um, I, I finish every episode and I'm just like, wow, not only is this like the honor of my life, but I have learned things that I otherwise would not have been able to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I really like to read and I, I don't really keep up with the news so much, but I'm really into like feature articles or people who dig deep into subcultures. But the problem is with like a traditional reporter is you report, you don't really get to like right. sink your teeth into what's actually happening and live it. And I don't say this explicitly on my show, but a lot of the topics that I'm interested in do pertain to things that I've been through personally. Sure. And it's like me trying to find a bigger sense of community and people who might understand me. So again, it's really hard to choose choose, but I think getting into the episodes about like working for the wealthy was fascinating mm. because people are really, as we know, interested in like reality TV culture and like Kardashian culture, rich person culture, mm -hmm. and everyone aspires to this particular lifestyle. But growing up in Manhattan in the private school system, I knew a lot of these people that are like 
business bigwigs or whose parents were famous or who like was on reality TV themselves. And I just saw behind the scenes, like how terrible a lot of that shit could be and how toxic and how a lot of these people who were great on television were actually bad people behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. Um, And so to, to find people who had worked for a variety of powerful people and could kind of come out and say, everything is not as it appears on social media and as it appears on TV. That was like, I made an episode that was kind of tabloidy and fun and juicy, but it also delivered a strong message at the Mm -hmm. same time. Striking that balance can sometimes be difficult because Mm -hmm. other times I'll do episodes like I did one on death and grief. And it was beautiful what people were sending to me and just like letting me know how they processed grief and how society doesn't know how to handle death. But that was a very dark episode and it was kind of one note. So it's always really rewarding for me when I can make something that's highly shareable and juicy content and it's going to lighten up your day, but also forces you to think outside the box of like what it is that you, but not, not anyone individual, but us as a society currently value. Um, I did two episodes on the fashion industry that were also very similar and one about nannies for the wealthy specifically too. So I have this whole little like block of, um, like rich employee confessions, which was dope. I think I I uh, saw a clip of one of the podcasts. I think it was um in one of those uh, episodes that you're talking about. About um I think it was a girl saying like she <laughs> she punched us uh, like a uh, a prostitute mm-hmm. or a hooker in the t- and her implant exploded. Was her that in one of those did. episodes? Yes, like, her boss did. Oh my yeah. god! Like that? Can you believe? Mm-hmm. I can, which is like. <laughs> The saddest part, I can fully believe that that happened. Insane. And it's just, it's so cool having these conversations with these people leading up to the episodes because it's like me and my DMs going back and forth with them being like, okay, like, yeah, you signed an NDA, but like, are there loopholes in your NDA? Has your NDA expired? It's like me, I want to like push them to talk, but I don't want to push them into any situation that could be illegal or get them in trouble. And there's also a lot of people who have said to me, like, fuck it. Like this person was so terrible to me. Mm -hmm. It's anonymous let's, let's do something about it. So being able to kind of be that like cathartic safe space for these people, but also make Mm. content that just gives you like a firsthand look into a very juicy industry is really rewarding. It's, it's interesting to me because I think we've all had shitty bosses. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, um, you know, I know growing up for me, one of the things that my, the influential people in my life, the men in my life, they said, okay, as you're scaling your business, as you're growing into the business world, you're going to encounter shitty bosses. Don't burn any bridges. Don't say the wrong thing. Handshake at the very end of the day and go on as if everything else was great. Don't talk shitty about things. But at the same token, and I'm, I'm 100% like responsible for this. I keep that stuff to myself. But if someone's, if someone's a total asshole, and they treat you with disrespect and they treat the people around them with disrespect. Why is it that we think it's okay to not say anything about that? Like, why yeah. are those people like Off exempted yeah. from being accountable for being total assholes? It it's makes no sense to me. We're in this ecosystem where we're told that certain people are superior to us. And why? Because they make more money, because mm-hmm. they've been working for longer, because they have a different title. I went to a very hippy dippy school my whole life. It was actually a Quaker school. I don't know if you guys know anything about Quakerism. No. I'm no. culturally, not religiously, but culturally Jewish, as is everybody else in New York City. But Quakerism is a sect of Christianity that's like profoundly nonviolent and believes in like equality for everybody. And so we were calling our principal 
people by his nickname, our teachers by their first names. We talk about like world peace and justice instead of geometry. It was awesome. But mm -hmm. something really valuable that I got from that was like, people need to earn your respect. Mm -hmm. Like seriously, it, it doesn't matter what kind of position you ascend to in life. I'm, I'm such a rejecter of the notion that like people with certain titles get to tell you what to do. And I know that's how it works in a traditional workplace, but I completely agree with you. If somebody disrespects you, you don't have to continue respecting mm -hmm. them because they were your employer or they somehow know something more than you do. I think it sounds kind of, um, tough and angry, but I don't think it is. I think people need to earn your respect and your time and your, your energy. So that's also something that I tried to prove within my podcast is that people who are outcasted by society are called weird or strange or degenerates, which is a word that I've kind of like mm -hmm. reclaimed amongst my following. I, I think that these are actually people with the most valuable lessons to teach us about life. Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode. Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, uh, yes, the old allergy congested accent. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks. What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. And remember, only use as directed. So who who is anybody to say that these people aren't worthy of that just because they make different choices? You know, mm -hmm. I like that. And so here, so here's my next question for you. So you grew up in this world. You grew up seeing it for what it actually is. But it would take a considerable amount of effort to expose that world when you're in that world. Yeah. Do you find that your podcast gives you a platform to say the things you want to say, but because you're saying it through someone else's experiences, it's almost like you're, you're delivering someone else's message. It might, you, I just keep thinking about Jennifer Anderson in that TV show, so good. the the, the morning, morning show. show. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you watch that show, but at the very end of it, she gives this dialogue about like, fuck you. Who do you think you are being able to tell me what I'm supposed to do and not supposed to do just because I'm famous? Mm hmm um, and I read this thing, uh, this article that Jennifer Anderson had, and someone asked her the question, like, is that actually how you, like, I know you didn't write that, but is that how you feel? She said, honest to God, that's what I want. I've wanted to say that for years, but I can't, Yeah, I don't have the platform to say. So do you kind of use your platform kind of as a way to expose what you know, but not really expose it through you? Yes and no. I think that I've always wanted to use my platform to talk about things that I never felt in my day-to-day -day life that I could, and mm -hmm. certainly that other people don't feel that they have the freedom to. But I've rebranded a couple times on Instagram. And I think that back when I was a wellness blogger, and then when I was doing my old podcast, which was much more directly like mental health oriented, I shared a little bit too much about myself online to the point where I felt like it was too easy for somebody to have a mm -hmm. parasocial relationship with 
with me, not based on like my makeup routine or what I ate for dinner, but based on like my own mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And so when I was creating this new show and rebranding once again online, I really pushed away from that. And I was like, it's been enough talking about myself. Now I need to illuminate other people's stories. Mm -hmm. But the bravery that my listeners have shown me in submitting their stories has inspired me to start sharing more of mine. So Mm -hmm. actually in this exact moment, I'm starting to marinate on how can I share more of my own tales of taboo alongside what my listeners are sharing. Um, So yes, I think for a while I did want to learn about myself, but also um, share things about myself through other people's stories. But that was because I did feel for a period of time overexposed. And I feel like I've um, balanced that Mm -hmm. now. We're really fortunate to have um, like a whole bunch of different people, like experts, amazing guests. And a lot of the times they have things to teach our audience and to educate. And we often are used, I wouldn't say like guinea pigs, but a lot of the time we're very open. So we learn what they're speaking through like real light. Like we'll have a sex therapist on and and hypothetically, Ryan will share a story about a hypothetical and it's obviously about us, but like we learn a lot. Like, it's like, we have all these free therapy sessions, but there are times where I've like, I've stepped away from the podcast and we've, and I've said, listen, like, I'm so glad that we are able to have this platform to share this information and make people feel like they're not alone. Because a lot of the conversations we have, we know that our community is also experiencing, but at the same time, I feel like, um, emotionally hungover after sometimes when we do these episodes, because it's so vulnerable And it's just kind of like, sometimes it's a lot. It's overwhelming for me to like, I've just shared so much on this podcast about like our personal life. And it really is about balance because sometimes it's a hard thing to meet at for you to be like, okay, like that was super raw. And like, I love that we learned, but also like, that was like a lot of people listen to this. And like, there's just this space of like, I feel like with my old podcast, I was constantly burnt out and Mm -hmm. I didn't know why I was like, this is fun when I'm doing it. And it's like, you know, labor intensive, but it's what I want to be doing. Why am I constantly exhausted? And I realized it's because I was dumping my guts every episode. It was either in solo form of just me talking to myself, or it was a one-on-one interview with, you know, someone who was talking about their experiences and me actively trying to relate, but it was always about very intense topics delivered in a comedic way. And then on top of that, my listenership would submit their own stories, not Mm -hmm. in such a formal way as I do now, but via DM, feedback, whatever. And I was just carrying like so much emotional weight. With this show, it's been easier for me to draw boundaries for myself. And boundaries are something I've really struggled with my entire Mm -hmm. life Mm because I want to be everything to everyone, you know, but also Mm -hmm. I want to be everything to myself. So I totally get that. And I think that striking the, the, the balance and, but also drawing the the parameters for yourself is like, that's an ongoing process. It's really oh, yeah. hard. Absolutely. Um, so I also wanted to speak about really quickly, you were on something called, um, barstool idol. Is that a thing? How long ago yeah. was that? What? How long ago was that? I was 23. So that was five, five years ago. Okay. So then did you have like, because I was reading up a little bit and you were either like kicked off, correct me if I'm wrong, you were kicked off Mm -hmm. the show or you were asked to leave or for whatever reason, did you feel like, um, you, 
I mean, if when if I was 23 on a show, I would be like, yes, sir. Like whatever. Like you're very nervous. It's in a different world and you're scared. And did you feel like almost silenced? And now that you've like grown up a bit, is it a little bit empowering to be able to talk about that space? Cause I can assume it can be toxic. Like think about back to, um, there's a whole thing going on on TikTok right now about how toxic next, like America's next top model was with Tyra oh, Banks. Yeah. And like, it's just wild hearing. And I remember watching it. Like I was like watching this show, not realizing that it was so full of toxicity and like literally just taking women down and like burying them just by their looks. Can you imagine today? Like that would never fly. Never happened. Did you feel like a sense of empowerment after you shared that episode? Because I can only imagine it was hard because it was like a huge thing. I felt like I was keeping the most like toxic secret ever for five years. And it not only keeping a secret in terms of like how I really felt and how that experience shaped me, but it was really shitty that like that footage is going to live online forever. And like when people meet me and they Google me, like it's not even those videos that come up. It's horrible Reddit threads about me. Like a bunch of guys just shitting all over me and my character. I mean, everybody does the dumbest stuff ever when they're 23. Everyone is trying to figure out who they are, overcompensating. And that was a particular time in my life where I felt really motivated to like be seen as an equal in like a man's mm-hmm. world sure. within entertainment, within comedy, within just like the media landscape. And like a lot of women, I took it too far. Like I thought that putting on this really like tough bravado was going to get me taken seriously. But also something people didn't realize is that entire show was live streamed from the moment that we walked in the door for our audition. It was on Facebook live and it was on Periscope. And there were like so thousands and thousands and thousands of people watching it live commenting on like Mm -hmm. what they thought about you. And I was the only girl in the competition. So that was my first experience with really bad internet bullying, not just when I was on the show, but for weeks afterwards, even like months. Um, But, you know, also being the only woman in the competition really affected me. It made me rethink my, my public persona, but speaking out against barstool is really tough. Famously, because every member of this community protects Dave Portnoy at all costs because that's that's their fearless leader. And like, Mm -hmm. I get it. We all need a sense of community. We all want to feel seen. But I didn't want to speak out about my, quite frankly, trauma because I didn't want to get devoured by the Internet again. Mm -hmm. So I was able to release my solo episode alongside this article that came out um, on Insider about all these other women who had had traumatic experiences with either Dave Portnoy or Boster's excuse me, barstool sports. Um, so I really was quick to say, luckily Dave and I never had an issue. I was never sexually assaulted. Thank God, as a lot of these other women were, but my experience with that community as a whole fucked me up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I did feel really empowered finally being able to speak out about that five years later. Um, and sometimes I wish I spoke out sooner, but I also think I needed to have not only the community of other contributors to that insider article, but the community that I've built with my podcast and on Instagram, who has like the same value system right. that I do. When I was 23, I was very much online, but it was a very different audience that I had. And I was also pursuing a different audience. So time heals all things mm-hmm. happen for a reason. Um, but yeah, that was certainly a more cathartic moment for me. What gives you the gut to get out there and not only talk about taboo things, but to be the princess of taboo to be like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to bring up the things that everyone wants to talk about but nobody has the balls to talk about. I'm the last person that should be able to talk about this because of who I am. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. So what gives you that energy? Because that takes something. 
That is an amazing question. And I love when people ask me that question because so many people don't. So many people are like, yay, this is amazing. And not very many people are like, uh, do you realize that like you're walking on the edge of the cliff constantly, which I know I am. And it took me years to understand like why it was that I felt this calling to do this. And like I said, I went back and forth and I rebranded and I shared about myself and then I pulled back. But really at the end of the day, like especially going through some recent personal stuff, I came to realize that somebody who's in my position who has it all also has the freedom to talk about things that would get other people not necessarily canceled, but just like it would fuck up their life right away. Like, luckily, I've built this platform for myself where people want this kind of material from me. And as such, I can talk about really taboo topics without having to worry about losing my job, Mm -hmm. getting rejected by my family, getting the rug pulled out from underneath me by my community, losing my sense of self, losing my feeling of being worthy of love. I mean, that's the sad reality for so many people people, not just in America, but all over the world. If you dare to go against the grain of whatever it is that your society tells you, your your community, but also the society as a whole, it's so hard to do that. And for years, I wondered, like, what do I do with all this privilege, especially because I have a long history of depression and I had every resource available to me and like none of them worked. Hence why I got involved in the wellness world and started masturbating with crystals and shoving THC up my ass because traditional (laughs) therapy wasn't working. So my whole thing has always been like, how do I communicate that having all the resources in the world doesn't prevent you from like wanting to end it all? You can still be existential and feel like complete shit, which was my experience. But more than just complaining about that, I realized having all of these resources means that I can kind of say I'm a, I'm aware of the fact that to a certain degree, I am invincible from the, the pitfalls of day-to-day life. I'm not invincible against cancellation, which is why I'm very careful about how I go about doing doing my work. But on a day-to-day level, I'm so protected in my Mm -hmm. New York bubble and because of who I am, that it gives me the strength to stand up for other people who cannot stand up for themselves. And that's why I also wanted to offer the anonymous format of my show because of people who are not living in the same sort of community that I am. They want to speak out. They want to feel seen. They want to feel nurtured by me, but they're aware that if anyone knows that it's them, it's over. Mm -hmm. So it's still a work in progress for me. My show is fairly new. I've only been doing Tales of Taboo for under a year at this point. It's going to be a year this summer. Um, But I love like marinating on this question. But I I think what it boils down to is like, the only useful thing to do with having every resource available is to try in my own way to give those resources to other people Mm -hmm. through me. You know what I mean? Like, let me take the heat. Let me get bullied by Barstool. Let me get bullied by anti-female activists, you know, and all of our reproductive health issues. Let let people call me whatever they want to call me, because by taking that first step forward, I'm hopefully inspiring another person to find the strength to take to take that step forward as well, whether anonymously or with their mm-hmm. face and name attached. In a world that is literally looking at like likes and views and comments as currency and your worth and your validating, I like to see somebody like you who really is like, 
eh, like, no, thank you. We're going to go further. We're going to go deeper in that. And your podcast is also so entertaining and just like so raw and real. So we really appreciate the conversations we've had here. Can you just link, of course, can you link any of your socials and like where people can find you to learn more? I mean, if they didn't turn it off when I was talking about putting a rock (laughs) in my vagina, hopefully they made it this far and they're interested in coming to listen to my show. So for those of you who are interested, you can find me on social media at Allie Weiss World across all platforms. That's Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can stream my show, Tales of Taboo, wherever you find your podcasts. And that's a weekly show. Perfect. Thank you, Allie. Thank you for having me. You guys no are problem. the coolest parents ever. Oh, shucks. Yeah. Remind our kids that when they're teenagers. Yeah, 10 years from now, we'll, uh, we'll ask Riley if she agrees with that. <laughs> Allie, thank you so much. We appreciate well, your time. You. Have a great Take day. Take care. Bye. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley and I'm Jennifer Chaikin and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. 